At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. The biggest games of the football season are coming, and Bet Rivers is introducing new parlay features just in time for the playoff push. For your next bet, try a new multi-game parlay and combine bets across games to make your perfect combo. Combine player props, game bets, and even different same-game parlays into one multi-game parlay. Make your parlay today at BetRivers. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com to place your bet. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by BetRivers. We're going over all the bowl games today here on the Pittsburgh CityCast. Tim Benz with you, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go online to BetRivers.com. Anthony Jaskulski from Pittsburgh Sports Express. Nobody loves the bowl games like Anthony does. It's a tough time for him in the sense that so many have been canceled because there's just not enough for him. You might think there's too many. Not enough for Anthony Jazz. He'll be on with us Later on in the city cast, but we start with Steelers and Browns today. I do like the Steelers getting three and a half. I like the over in that one at 41. I think the Steelers score points more than they normally do. That's not saying much, but Ben Roethlisberger, his last game at Heinz Field, Monday Night Football. This might not be one where you look at the line and say, I go with the chalk for football reasons. There are other powers at work here, I think. I do think that the Browns will be able to run against the Steelers. They were able to run against them last time, frankly. They just didn't do it enough. That's why Nick Chubb only had 61 yards. The Steelers held the vaunted rush attack of the Browns to 95 yards back in Week 8 up in Cleveland. They haven't held a team under 100 yards rushing since then. They're the worst rush defense in football. The Browns are still the third-best rushing attack in football despite COVID and injuries impacting the running backs and the offensive line. They'll get yards on the ground. They'll score some points, but I think with Roethlisberger, this likely being his last game at Heinz Field, the Steelers so good at home on Monday nights. They'll score enough points to win. I think they'll pull barely the total over 41, and I think the Steelers will at least cover but probably win and keep this season flickering, the playoff hopes flickering and alive for at least one more week. As I often do, I spoke with Joe Rudder of the Pittsburgh Tribune Review, my colleague. He is the beat writer who covers the Steelers with me at Trib Live. After the Mike Tomlin press conference yesterday, we broke down a lot about the state of the Steelers and this perhaps being Big Ben's last game at Heinz Field and what we expect out of the matchup. Steelers coming off of their horrific performance against the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. I'm not sure what more needs to be said about that one, Joe. They were just so bad and so incredibly outclassed. They look like, you know, a team from the uh, FCS trying to take on like a Power 5 school or something like that. That's how bad it was in watching that game. I think it's more appropriate to just turn our attention to talk about the game at Heinz Field on Monday night. Uh, The last game for Ben Roethlisberger in all likelihood at Heinz Field, Uh, but certainly the the last regular season game at Heinz Field, one would think the Steelers do have that snowball's chance of getting into the postseason and winning the AFC North. But short of that, we might be seeing the end of Ben Roethlisberger's career as a Steeler in a Steeler uniform at home. And Mike Tomlin didn't want to get into the whole eulogy aspect of that, much like Mike Vrabel a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, uh, Mike Vrabel said he didn't want to help anyone write his obituary, and Mike Tomlin chose the term singing his praises. 
that said that can wait till after the season that, you know, they've got in their home game here. They've got a chance to get into the playoffs. And it's not surprising he would say that because, you know, there's, you know, it's not like there's no path for them to get to the playoffs. There is, you know, a fairly realistic chance, although they're, percentage-wise, I guess they're hovering around 15%, but there is a path to get them there, so no need to talk about you know, Ben Roethlisberger's impending retirement when there's still some work to be done, and they're still trying to push for something you know, until they've been eliminated. The thing about their path, and this is what Steelers fans so casually throw aside, Joe, like, the, the argument is, well, the Browns aren't that good, the Steelers might actually be better than them, so they can beat Cleveland this week but I don't know. I think Cleveland could beat the Bengals in week 18. It's like, okay, am I supposed to buy that? The Browns are so bad that the Steelers, we don't have to worry about them beating them, but then they're going to turn around and beat Cincinnati the last week of the season. Come on. Yeah. And then you're, you know, predicating that on the Steelers going to go out and win on Monday night and then come back six days later and win at Baltimore where they haven't won on the road, you know, since who knows how I think it was October and then uh you know all you know the way they've fallen behind such big deficits on on the road that, that all of a sudden that's just going to magically disappear and the Steelers are going to be turn you know become world beaters again against the Ravens you know who yeah they're banged up and they've got a lot of issues but again you know the Steelers haven't shown that they can you know do anything consistently what makes you think they can win these last two and put themselves in that position the biggest anomaly in my mind, Joe, this entire season is not the loss to the Detroit Lions. And by loss, I mean loss by tie, 16-16. to 16. Um, That's not the biggest surprise to me because we've all seen over the years the Steelers either tie or lose against substandard competition many times over. The biggest anomaly to me is what that rush defense did against the Cleveland Browns back when they went up to Cleveland in October in Week 7. How did they only hold them to 96 yards again? Well, I, I put the blame on Cleveland on that one. I still insist that if you know they had come out and you know did run the ball, you know to consistently run the ball and give it to Nick Chubb, that that would have been a different outcome. I think they you know put it in Baker Mayfield's hands too much and it eased up on the run. And I think that's what's really hurt him. I don't think it was anything special the Steelers' run defense did. I think it was just the fact that the Browns got away from their game plan. And, and you know, especially now, everybody knows you can run on the Steelers, so why not take advantage of that? Um, you know, that that was the biggest th- thing I took away from that game. Not that the Steelers did anything mystical on their defensive front. No, and what you hear from them over and over again, it's not about mysticism in any sort of way. It's about getting off blocks. It's being in the right gap. It's being in the right alley. It's actually tackling. It's filling a hole, things that they just don't do well. And I, if you maybe put money down on this, and I probably will, (laughs) I will put money on the Browns being able to run the ball better than they did the last time against the Steelers and learning from their mistake, which I agree with you, was... They got away from the run too fast, and Joe, other teams have done that. Like, I don't think Tennessee should have thrown as much in the second half as they did with the lead against the Steelers. I don't think the Vikings should have thrown as much as they did in the second half with the lead against the Steelers. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and again, you know, I've been going back and saying this before that the Vikings, you know, it wasn't the great comeback the Steelers had. It was the way the Vikings just, you know, totally didn't just, you know, just keep running the ball against them when they had done it so easily. You know, they take care of the ball and focus on running it that that game ends you know 36 to maybe like this one 36 to 10 i mean you know there's no there's no great comeback there and i think the chiefs showed the way you do it when you get a lead like that they kept running the ball in the second half you know they they they, they got that lead and they, you know yeah it wasn't great they didn't really uh you know they took some time off the clock but they didn't do anything stupid like Minnesota did. And I think that shows the way to protect the lead, especially against the Steelers, given the way Ben Roethlisberger has engineered some of these comebacks. you got to be smart about it. And I think the, the Chiefs were a prime example of playing a smart game in the second half. Joe, the Steelers are three-and-a-half-point underdogs at home in Ben Roethlisberger's last game. The line that I saw from Bet Rivers actually opened up at two-and-a-half, so it has widened since then over under 41 uh, those numbers seem right to you. I'm actually leaning the other way on this one. I'm picking the Steelers. I just feel like they're going to do to us what they always do to us, drag this on as long as they possibly can. As we've outlined, Ben's last game at Heinz Field against the Browns. Uh, this feels like a win to me for the Steelers for cosmic reasons, if nothing else. And I guess it is nothing else for some of the stuff we just outlined. But I'm picking the Steelers, and if you're giving me three and a half to do it, I'll take it.
I would too. I would sign up for that one any day of the week. Um, yeah, you know, you're giving them three and a half at home. You know, that with the emotions coming in of Ben's last game, um, yeah, you know, the Browns should be expected to run the ball on the Steelers. But, you know, maybe if they get Chris Wormley back, that helps a little bit. Um, you, know, they, you know, if they get some of these guys off the COVID list, that, you know, fortify them a little bit. I, I just, you know, especially the way they played against Tennessee and hung around and got those turnovers. I think, you know, at home, this is a game that the Steelers have a chance to win. And as you said, drag it out longer to give themselves a shot going into that final week to get everybody's hopes up that, yeah, they can maybe make the playoffs, you know, as the seventh seed in such a watered down field, which is not a great accomplishment, but I guess you can hang your hat on it and say, yeah, that they have a chance to go to the postseason. Boy, that extra day could come in handy for TJ Watt and Pat Fryermuth, huh? Oh yes. But you know, as Fryermuth is still in concussion protocol, uh, that that would be huge for him. TJ Watt can use all the rest he can get at this time of the year. You know, didn't, didn't want to get on the rabbit hole of, uh, you know, whether he has cracked ribs or not, they kept saying minor issue, but yeah, he could use as much time as possible. And, and I guess that makes sense this time of year with what everybody's dealing with to push that first practice back till Thursday and have three days of it instead of four and just try to get as healthy as you can. And, you know, so you can have some chance of actually, you know, pulling this thing off. You know what, Joe, one of the most under discussed topics of this season has been in my eyes is Fryermuth's injury. God, was that stupid leaving him in there against the Bengals. I know I talked about it then, but it didn't get enough attention, hasn't gotten enough attention since, and I think the reason why is that their loss was so stark in that game. There were so many other things to talk about, and you figured, oh, it's a guy who's never had a concussion before. It's a first-time thing. Well, you know what? He got another one shortly thereafter, and now they're worried about him, obviously. They should be. I'm worried about him, and uh, God, was that dumb to have him risk an injury, especially one that he got when it was, what, 41-3 to or whatever it was at the time when he caught that touchdown against the Bengals. Yeah, and at least they were smart enough to pull Najee Harris from that game. I mean, and you go back even a few games before that, I think it was the first Bengal game when Deontay Johnson got hurt on the last play of the game and right. was out for the next week. You know, it was with nothing to gain by having him out there and doing that, that play. Um, yeah, there's been some head-scratching decisions, and you, know, you don't want to put their – the the risk the health of your young playmakers and guys that are going to be part of this future, you know, for in those type of situations. And, uh, you know, they've, they lost Pat Fryermuth for a game because of this. And, and you just hope it's not something that lingers on for the, the next two weeks. Speaking of the Bengals, Joe, I wrote about this for the trip today. Boy, have they ripped the division away from Baltimore and Pittsburgh with emphasis. I mean, 41 points on the board in three games against those two teams. That's something. Yeah, they really, you know, they really have uh, stepped it up here. Now, again, they've, you know, they, they they've shown that they have a tendency to go and lay an egg after coming up with big wins, and they do have the Chiefs. Um, you wonder if, you know, the Chiefs are still, you know, trying to get that number one seed, so they have something to play for. But this, you know, going to be a big one here for for the uh, for the Bengals, and you know, and, and you know, they have a chance to you know solidify this and win a division title that nobody would have seen coming entering the season so this is probably as big as game as the Bengals have had in what a decade or so oh I, I think the Chiefs win uh, I'm not even worried about it I, I think the Chiefs win but you know I'm more worried about the Steelers do against the Browns and you know I think that the Bengals win this division I'm just wondering how long they hold on to it well yeah <laughs> that, that's a question and you know the big question obviously in Cincinnati will be they win a division get to the playoffs can they finally win a playoff game you know, after having not done so in about 30 years. You know who screwed themselves more than anybody, Joe, last week was the Chargers. For as bad as the Steelers' loss was, the Ravens, the Browns, there are lots of teams in the AFC that hurt themselves, mainly in the North, but the team that hurt themselves more than anybody, in my estimation, was the Los Angeles Chargers because they dropped from a position where they would have controlled their own fate to one where now they need help, and they did it against the Texans. Yeah, the Texans. That that you know, just saying the Texans makes you cringe. That you know that that's such a you know such a bad accomplishment to lose. And that's another team that's been so inconsistent. You know, they put up all those points against the Steelers, and they come out and you know they lose these games like this that they have no business losing. And uh, you know, it just shows you that other than really Kansas City, you know, which has gotten hot, winning eight in a row, that nobody really in the AFC has put together any kind of consistency this year. Um, you know, so, you know, it could make for an interesting playoffs or it could just set it up for the Chiefs to walk through it again and get back to the Super Bowl. 
All right, so my thanks to Joe. When we come back, we will talk college football. Lots of bowl games going on today. Got the college playoff coming up on New Year's Eve on Friday. Plenty more to come with Mike Pursuta on that on Thursday. But today we've got Anthony Jaskulski from the Pittsburgh Sports Express making his return visit to the Pittsburgh CityCast. Everybody likes bowl games. Few people love them like Anthony. So we turn to him for gambling insight next here on the CityCast. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Rolling on here on Wednesday's Pittsburgh CityCast. Tim Benz with you, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Go to BetRivers.com, download the app today, and get in on all the college bowl action, at least the bowl games that are being played anyway. And that, maybe we should just do lines on which games are going to be played and which games aren't. Bet on whether or not the Cheez-It Bowl or the Duke's Mayo Bowl or the Chick-fil-A Bowl will actually be played or canceled. Um, We'll talk about the Peach Bowl with Pitt in just a little bit against Michigan State, but joining us to talk about all the bowl games, Anthony Jaskulski from Pittsburgh Sports Express. He joins us from time to time here on the CityCast. We love having him on. Nobody sinks their teeth into the lines, especially on the college level more than Anthony does. Anthony, great to catch up with you. Uh, As far as Tuesday's games go, at least a couple of them, you told me that you did all right with Houston and Auburn. Boy, that was a low-scoring game. And what happened with Air Force and Louisville? Did you have a bad beat there, or what went down? Oh man, it's total self-inflicted wound. Uh, <laughs> good to be on with you, Tim. But yeah, yeah good no, to talk um, to you again. Uh, yeah. So never. Here's the lesson. Here, here we're going to start off right away with we're, we're taking everyone to school. Um, you never, ever, ever drag your feet if you're tied up. If you're caught up in something else and you forget to jump in and kickoff happened, and whatever you wanted, it better be at a more favorable, appetizing line or just lay off. And Exhibit A would be Air Force in Louisville today because I had uh, I, I loved all day, just loved over uh, 54 and a half. It landed at 55 and a half, but either or would hit. Um, so, you know. Running around today, you know, we got more jobs. You, know, you, you, you got to run around as you do. Uh, Mike Tomlin press conference, everything holding you up. Uh, next thing you know, we're in the middle of the first quarter. The line is still sitting at 54 and a half. So I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to live bet this right now. As soon as I try to punch, punch that bet in, everything freezes. Okay, well, what happened? Probably like a four-yard run, something like that. No, Air Force bust a 60-yard run to the house <laughs> for a touchdown. So right then, your odds go from 54 and a half all the way up to 60. No worries, no worries. I'll take that. It, that that's fine. That's fine. It, it's, this is going to be, you know, in the 80s, this game. Well, what do you know? A shutout in the uh, third quarter, fourth quarter, low scoring, <laughs> and pop, it ends 31-28. Mm. Oh, the things you hate to see. Bad beat. What do you got on Wednesday? We got Maryland and Virginia Tech. That's the early game in the uh, Pinstripe Bowl. The Cheez-It Bowl is Clemson and Iowa State. And then you got at 9-15, Oklahoma and Oregon. Boy, that one's going to be interesting. In the Alamo Bowl, the Wasabi Fenway Bowl between SMU and Virginia, that one got canceled, but I think Oregon, Oklahoma is real interesting, Anthony. What do you like there, or do you like anything there? I mean, obviously, Oregon is going to be inspired by the coaching hire of Adrian Clem to solve all their (laughs) offensive line issues. Clearly, they're going to be motivated there, but uh, what do you like in that batch of games, and is Oregon and Oklahoma an appealing bet to you, or is it just kind of an appealing watch because of the big-name nature of the teams? Well, yeah, you know, um, the Adrian Clem Bowl should be uh, <laughs> should be a doozy for all Pittsburgh fans uh, to enjoy. Um, he's he's not going to have his thumbprints on the offensive line, so you should be good there with the uh, running game. But boy, I, I it, this is another tough one because 
not only do we have COVID to watch for, right? You know, so we don't know if our game's going to get canceled or not. We don't know if someone's, you know, we're going to a mass exodus of players right before kickoff, much like what's going on with Mississippi State uh, currently with Texas Tech. Um, You just don't know what's going to happen all the way up until kickoff. So you just got to do the best you can. Right now, Oregon's going to be without wide receiver number one, uh, Devin Williams. He's second in receptions. He's got 2,800 yards this year. He's been uh, the go-to guy for um, uh, Oregon. And then also uh, you're going to be without, obviously, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, who's, I mean, not an absolute monster. Uh, Haven't seen him a lot this year, though. But for Oklahoma, you got Jaden Hazelwood out. And, yeah, he's probably their second receiver right now, but the guy leads him in receptions, uh, you know, second in receiving yards and – uh, second in touchdown. So where do you go with this one? It's so tough to, to read. Um, you know, the Ducks would rather run. They're 83rd in passing right now. They're 22nd in rushing. And if we learn anything from bowl games, um, especially if you're a military academy, obviously they're 2-0, uh, as, as they usually are in bowl games. But running teams are always successful with putting points on the board in uh, bowl games. It's a lot easier to prepare and to have that layoff uh, as a running team as opposed to being an aerial attack. So 22nd in rushing, you know, obviously the Sooners' are, strength is against the run because they're 113th against the pass. Um, you know, Trey, Wood, Trey Norwood be damned. He's, <laughs> there's no Nobody's coming out of that secondary to the NFL this year. Um, so if I would take anything here, I'd say take Oregon with the points plus four and a half. Uh, I, I think this is going to be a low-scoring event, although I wouldn't touch the total because – you just don't know. Yeah, Again, you just don't know what you're getting, right? You don't know what you're getting with Oklahoma. I mean, that defense could show up. That defense could absolutely get smoked. But at the end of the day, Oregon just has the balance. They've got the staying power to to make it these four quarters, you know? So I wouldn't be afraid of that. I'd take Oregon plus four and a half, be happy with the points. Do you like either the ACC teams in the other two games, Virginia Tech and Clemson. Virginia Tech's a three-and-a-half point dog. Clemson's a two-and-a-half point favorite. Now, that's an under game. Uh, you know, the, the Frank Beamer meme, where it's 0-0 zero, zero at the end of regulation, <laughs> that kind of that feels appropriate for this game. And, and let's not overthink things. Uh, in bowl games, it is good to fade the public, as it is in everything. I mean, I, I fade the public if I'm, you know, if I'm betting Chilean soccer or, or badminton. I mean, the public's just they, – they just don't have it right a lot of times. But in this case, whether there's public perception on the uh, – the public perception is that that game's going to go under or not, this is just one where it's just unequivocal. You can't really – you can't really overthink it. These are two offenses that are just not capable of scoring. Um Two offenses that just don't have it together. Uh, when we're looking at running teams, they're they're both uh, um, south of 80th in in the country. So yeah, it's very bad right now. And right now, actually, if we looked at it, um, the total 80% of the money is actually going on over uh, 54 and a half. So there you go. It's a good chance to fade the public, and it's a smart play too. The sharp money's on under. I feel like I can be sharp, you know, maybe, maybe as sharp as a marble sometimes, sharp as a thumbtack other times, but I like the under in this one. I think, uh, I think this one's sharp. I think this was a good play. All right. Thursday, got the Peach Bowl, got Pitt and Michigan State. No Kenny Pickett, of course, for Pitt. No Kenny Walker for Michigan State. A lot of the shine off of this one. Panthers are two-point underdogs going up against Sparty. The over-under is 55 and a half. Which way are you leaning here? Well, here's the uh, scariest thing about the stats, the, any stats that you could rattle off in any bull game here at all. Uh, if we're looking at total passing defense, Michigan State is the worst in the entire country. They are atrocious. Um, I think you could get out there and probably rattle off 200, 250 yards. Um <laughs> I think I could get out there and throw a few dimes on them. It's been awful all year. Um, 
Nick Patty is still, I mean, you know, obviously he's not seasoned this year. He's, he, he's hardly had any snaps, but I mean, he is a reliable backup. He has seen action before. Um, this is not really an intimidating match for him to go against. Um, I the public's just pounding Michigan State right now, and naturally so because Kenny Pickett opts out. You know, you got a couple other opt outs, uh, Tysir Mack, although he hasn't really played much this year, so um, not lately anyway. So can't really look at that. But hey, Kenneth Walker's out on the other side, and really he was the do it all for that team. Um, so you know they'll probably. You know, I think it'll be running back by committee for them. I think uh, Pursuto will probably carry the load a lot for them. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I like uh, I like Pitt a lot here, even even with Patty out there. I mean, there's there's a lot to like about them, and I mean they're they're still so hot right now. And that defense is, as you could see in the second half with Wake Forest, there, there was just no answer. Wake Forest had no answer. He they they had Wake Forest quarterback seeing ghosts. Sam Hartman was out there seeing ghosts. So. Um, I think much of that will be the same. I think they'll, they'll get through this one with ease. Anything calling you out on Thursday's games aside from the Peach Bowl? I'm on Wisconsin giving six to Arizona State. Boy, Arizona State, that is a team that really floundered towards the end of the year. So you would be – because those are two teams that are trending in opposite directions right now. Arizona State just absolutely – I think Utah – uh, left a, a footprint on them because <laughs> after that beating that they took uh, by them, it was a lot. It was a, a very nasty loss to Washington State. They beat a uh, USC team that really just gave up on itself. Uh, same with U Dub, but then you know gets, gets crushed by Oregon State. Handles business against a really bad Arizona team, but they're still a team that, for whatever reason, just cannot get that offense out of uh, neutral. Then you look at Wisconsin. This is a team that just, aside from losing to a Minnesota team that's really on the up and up right now, I, I, uh, hopefully I, this isn't a pick that we can use because you're airing tomorrow. But I think that they're going to lay into West Virginia uh, tonight. So, but aside from that, I mean, this is a team that's rattled off uh, seven straight wins after starting off yeah. the season yeah. uh, one and three. They're hot. That's why I like them, and that's where I'm going in that direction. That's the other one on Thursday that. Uh, I really like. Now, as far as Friday goes, I already got the Arizona Bowl canceled. Um, I don't know, Washington State and Central Michigan, Wake and Rutgers, you know, I'm, I'm not getting interested there. I'm saving all my interest for big games that count, the college football playoff games, the first semifinal, 330 Cincinnati and Alabama. Uh, I think every time I turn around, I hear somebody tell me that, you know, the line isn't high enough on Bama. Uh, they, they love Bama at 13 and a half. I like Bama at 13 and a half. I've been a Cincinnati true believer all year, but I'm not going to let that color my opinion of this game. I'm going with the Crimson Tide, and I'll give the points. Uh, no, I'm, I'm completely – not only am I against you on that one, I think Cincinnati uh, is a really good money line player. Really? Oh, absolutely. And you know me. I'm not because so you can take this with a grain of salt because anybody that knows me knows that I, you know, I I'm, I'm, I was crazy enough to bet on Oral Roberts straight up over Ohio State and then again over Florida and then again over Arkansas and, that, you know, lost on a, uh, <laughs> on, a on a near buzzer winning three, but um, still went two for three with them. So I'm not afraid to take underdogs at all. I love taking those money line dogs, you know, obviously be smart. Take plus 13 and a half. Take those points because they're giving you a ton. Yeah. Uh, but, man, you can get a little bit greedy. If you if you overbet plus 13 and a half, you feel that confident about it like I do, you can get four to one. Bat Rivers is offering in a bet plus uh, 400 right now. So yep. you can get a good price. This team's just, you know, as much – and I love Bryce Young. I, I said Bryce Young from, from jump was uh, your Heisman win. It was it – was it was absolutely unequivocal. He he is a fantastic quarterback, and obviously he showed that by just absolutely taking it to Georgia's defense. And, I mean, that obviously was heralded as one of the best defenses ever coming into that game. Uh, he puts up, what, 421 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. I mean, he, he single-handedly beat Georgia. But what I like about Cincinnati is Desmond Ritter, I mean, he can run, he can move. He's He is – what we saw today with Clayton Toon uh, against Houston, and obviously uh, Houston beat 
Auburn with Clayton Toon, but he's like him if you watch that game at all, if you ever watch Houston football, only with so much pinpoint accurate passing, that much better uh, at, at finding his targets. And he's got many targets. That's why he's thrown for 3,200 uh, yards this year. And he doesn't get uh, picked off that much. Eight picks is a lot for him, but I mean, 30 touchdowns to that. He's been taking care of the ball well. Jerome Ford is running the ball well, 1,300-yard rusher this year. And what we really don't give Cincinnati credit for is their total defense. I mean, they're, you know, right now at total defense, they're fifth in the country. Uh, they're, they're, they're one of the best uh, defensive teams in the, going as far as stopping the aerial attack, as far as stopping the run and forcing turnovers. I mean, they're almost averaging two turnovers a game right now now and we can all say hey you know they're playing the american but you can't do that and we learn this in basketball all the time and and in march madness and everything like that we cannot uh judge a team by what conference of what opponents it's playing because you just don't really know at the end of the day so do you think uh, the point total is too low then it sounds like you're thinking points it's for if it's 57 and a half right now at bet rivers uh, I would take over. I would take over in this one. I think it's going to be a scoring fest. Actually, you know what? First half. I would take first half over because I okay. really think it slows down in the second. But, man, I can't – There's. I just don't have enough praise for, for Cincinnati. There is no way that team's going to get whitewashed. They're not Notre Dame. Okay, that's Notre Dame's job to come into the playoff and get uh, absolutely annihilated. That is their job. Not, what, I, what I'm seeing anybody. right here is total points in the first half, 29 and a half individual point totals by team, 10 and a half for Cincy and 17 and a half for Bama. Oh, yeah, I, I absolutely love it. I would take both teams to go over their team total in the first half, and I would take the straight up over. Yeah, the, uh, first you know what? I, I like I like those bets a lot more than we're, maybe we disagree because you know you're doing a good job convincing me and Cincy as I mentioned I'm a Cincy true believer I've been an advocate for them all year so you can sway me into saying take the 13 and a half but I agree with you on those over bets and those individual half bets I think that's uh, I think that's the way to lean you're not going to have John Metchie and uh, that's yep. huge. I mean, he, he is, you know, your top wideout right now at Alabama. I mean, you still got James Williams out there, but man, you know, what do we know? What is like the, the, the sky is blue, the water's wet and, and Alabama has splash play wideouts. You know, they have guys that can get you those big, big plays downfield. The ones that can just break your back, especially on third down. And honestly, right now, Without Mitchie, they do not have that guy. If you're going to double cover, and they do a great job of doing this, uh, they're a great zone defensive team, Cincinnati. If you're going to double double cover a guy like Jameson Williams, other guys are going to have to step up with Alabama, and it, it, they don't have that guy this year, you know? And that's big. And what, I just think Cincinnati's going to capitalize on that. What about the other game? Now, this is the opposite direction in terms of the point total. It's low. It's mm-hmm. 44 and a half, and Georgia's a seven and a half point favorite. I'd like to tease that down a little bit. If you can get that below uh, the touchdown, get it down to six and a half, I'm all about it. Um, the money line on that is minus 315 in favor of the Bulldogs, and the point total is 44 and a half. Right. I'm going to go the complete opposite way on this one. I'm going to go chalk all the way. I think Georgia's going to. Absolutely handle business. Um, I like what Michigan's done. Um, got to watch him in person twice. And, man, Aiden Hutchinson, he did everything but sack me. <laughs> he, he's everywhere. He, that guy is terrifying. But, you know, because of him, because literally because of him, that team is 5-0 and against the spread in their last five games. Obviously, five straight wins and just annihilated Ohio State. But Georgia – Georgia got, you know how we always say, man, it's a good thing that that team lost to so-and-so. Like, when we look at Pitt and Western Michigan, I don't think Pitt wins the ACC championship if they don't lose that game to Western Michigan. That was the perfect wake-up call for them. They needed that. They got their cages rattled there. And honestly, it happened late, but with Georgia, this is a team that was winning games by an average of 32.4 points per game. And they were beating the hell out of everybody. Um, historic numbers defensively. And then all of a sudden, Alabama comes in and just punches them in the face. We could blame a weak schedule for that. We could blame, uh, you know, that offense just not being prepared. 
But as long as you have Daniels at quarterback, I know it says he's questionable now, but I'm pretty sure he's going to play this game. Uh, as long as you have him under center, I think they're going to absolutely handle business here. It's going to be low scoring. I would take the under, no doubt. Two of your best defenses going at it. But at the end of the day, Georgia's just too strong. They're, they're too much. If you like Georgia in the under right now for a game combo, it's paying out at 155. If you like Michigan in the under right now, it's at 480, plus 480. Ugh, goodness. No, I would definitely go with the first one, not the latter. <laughs> I, I, Michigan, hey, I like, you know, I'm, I'm happy for Michigan. I, I'm not, I don't hate Harbaugh like most, most people, people do. He's just, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, he, you know, he's, he's arrogant. He's pompous. He is what he is. He's a Harbaugh, but the end of the day hey you know good for them they were the underdogs and and they really surprised us all and i loved what they did it was a rather weak big 10 this year but uh, you know you can't i I don't want to throw too much shade there they they finally beat ohio state they did their job they they beat iowa but yeah the 10th best defense in the country you're going up against one of the best though you're going against the best and oh boy i would take under their team total as well Michigan's team total I would take under the team total for Michigan is over 17 and a half under 17 and a half you said the under the under oh, yeah. is minus 118 for under 17 and a half for Michigan yeah I don't see them getting past 13 no way how about on New Year's Day let's go right to Penn State uh, obviously they've had a couple of big names pull out of this one Dotson and Brisker mm. are not going to play that pinches my interest in this game significantly just from sort of a scouting point of view. It also makes me roll my eyes a little bit at taking Penn State. Arkansas <laughs> is now a one-point favorite. I don't know. Well, you know what? I, I might still take the Nittany Lions here. Uh, where are you on this one? Uh, well, a game for – you have to look at it in the perspective of – well, you got to look at it through the lens, I guess, of how Penn State looks at it right now. Total letdown of the season. They were supposed to be way better than this. Not supposed to be in the Outback Bowl, uh, at least, you know, to them. <laughs> but uh, Arkansas, absolutely rebound of a year, completely yeah. rallied back, um, exceeded a lot of expectations, gave games to more teams than they should have. Um, a lot of times in bowl games, you just got to look at it in that way, you know? It's just that top layer we can look at. And um, really, that's what I like about it. And, you know, like you said, Penn State's got a slew of guys that are out right now. Arkansas, they're almost bringing a full uh, – full package with them i'm i I wouldn't be afraid to take the hogs at all here i I really like that play how about the rest of the new year's day package the two games that i think Mm. are the most interesting are oklahoma state against notre dame and utah and ohio state i'm really interested to see what utah can bring against the buckeyes Mm -hmm. and i'm really interested to see what notre dame's going to look like without kelly uh where are you in those two games that is actually going to be my play of the uh, other than Cincinnati. Um, that is right up there with as one of my plays of the uh, entire bowl season is Utah. Absolutely love Utah. Um, this is a team. This is one of the hottest teams in, in uh, college football right now. And ever since October 30th, this team beat UCLA 44-24. And then just look at what they did after Stanford 52-7, Arizona 48-29, Oregon 38-7, Colorado 28-13, and then Oregon again yep. 38-10. This team, uh, Cameron Risen is a uh, quarterback that, you know, I hate to be cliche, but is definitely on the rise. <laughs> but this is a guy that's uh, – they they do that play action RPO perfectly. They they no one can seem to stop it. They're hitting five yards a clip on their run these days. They're thirteenth in uh, rushing offense right now. I mean they're passing the ball well, real well. They're in the top twenty there, but they're thirteenth right now in rushing offense. They're top twenty in the defense defensive category right now. And uh, yeah, they're going against an Ohio State team again. We got to look at it this way. They're going against do they want to be there? Do they want to be there? Exactly. It's the Rose Bowl, though, and it is the Big Ten. You know, like, I get that it doesn't mean what it used to, but if any game still means something to a team coming out of a conference, it's that one. Right. And it does. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's still 
um, it's still the road. It's still the granddaddy of them all. And um, it's obvious. I think that's an over thing to say, because even if you're playing in the Birmingham Bowl, um, teams start to wake up after the first couple drives. You know, it's just the competitive nature in every player that, that they want to be out there and just start getting to work. Um, so you kind of take that away. But when I look at it, I, I say this Utah team is just hitting on all facets right now. And I love obviously Ohio state's offense. You know, they've got, uh, I don't know right now if they have the better overall quarterback, but I just do know that Utah is just, they're going to be too much to handle. This is, again, this is one of the hottest teams since October uh, coming into bowl season. You don't mess around with that. And you're getting such great odds on it right now. I believe you can get it six and a half. Uh, four and a half it actually dropped down wow. to. Okay. All right. Yeah. I so, see so, that Rivers at uh, minus five right now for Ohio State. Yeah, it wouldn't get greedy. Um, if you want to, you know, sprinkle a little bit on the money line, that's fine. I really do think they win. But usually if it's four and a half or lower, oh, I'm I, – I, I always take the points. You know, there's no point. There, there, there's really no point in, in getting greedy and taking the extra plus action when you can just empty a little bit more. I mean, you know, if I'm taking money lines, it's going to be like Cincinnati where you can, you know, you can hit on a four to one, five to one dog. That's much more uh, logical. How about the Fiesta Bowl? Do you like Notre Dame covering a field goal roughly? They're at minus two and a half right now. Notre Dame. Here's the tough thing with Notre Dame. They're right now one of the that they are the right now public uh, darlings. They're ninety percent uh, being bet rated. Well, let's see. If I look at three books right now, DraftKings ninety percent, FanDuel ninety two percent, Westgate Las Vegas ninety three percent of the money going on Notre Dame. Uh, Obviously, that has a lot to do with Oklahoma State, um, you know, obviously losing to Baylor. That that just didn't help things. But this is one of the better defenses that you're going to see with, with them. And, I, you know, oh, Tim, that's just so tough. Boy, I mean, that honestly, it, it that Fiesta Bowl is one I tried not to handicap. I try to stay away from something like that. Yeah. Uh, if I would take anything in this game, I think both defenses easily show up. I think under 45 and a half is your way to go. Right. I think you get this one. I, well, boy, if it ended 10 to three, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> you mentioned Baylor. I like them getting a point and a half against Ole Miss. I'm going to take them. Baylor's hot. Baylor's really hot right now. And, and they, they, they were the team that gets absolutely no respect. Yeah, you know? exactly. Nobody talks about them. Nobody talks about this team and, and, and what they've been able to do. And, um, I think that that is a huge edge that they're going to carry with them because, you know, what's everybody saying? Oh, it's Matt Corral. Oh, it's, you know, Lane Kiffin. Oh, it's Ole Miss. And we don't know much about it except for Ole Miss must score and they score a lot. But really, they don't. They've been struggling. They've been stuck in the mud. Uh, I mean, they showed that against Mississippi State, even though they won that game. I mean, they're just escaping with, with, with some of these wins this year. And um, I really don't trust Ole Miss at all. I like Baylor here to, to absolutely uh, stick them up. I mean, I, I like Jerry Bohannon as the quarterback. I know he's going to be in uh, place of Blake Shapin, but he's probably the more reliable hand at the end of the day. And this is a team that can really run the ball. They're, they're ninth right now in total rushing, so they handle business. I, I absolutely love that team. All right, Anthony, i got to go rapid fire here. Let's do this quickly. We'll go through the AFC North, and then I'll ask you for one other game in the NFL that you like. AFC North games will start with the Ravens and the Rams. I love the Rams at minus 3.5. I think Cooper – you can set Cooper Cup's touchdown total at minus 3.5 as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Yeah, well, hey, before we go into all that, I do deserve some bragging rights here because if you remember the last time we did the podcast together, Cincinnati was plus 600 to win the AFC North right now. And when I said take them with everything you got, take Cincinnati to win the North right now, minus 250 to win. (laughs) Oh, you just love to see it. 
you know, it's been tough to look at the NFL lately, con- considering uh, you know bowl season and everything. I always, I always go to it uh, late, but yeah, Cooper Cup. Is that what was that, is that the is that the topic right now? Is that now is that a prop play? No, I, that's that's not a prop play. I was just exaggerating, <laughs> but. I, Ask me again a kickoff. I might tell you to take it because I love him. I love his season, and I love the Rams in this game. Do you? Oh, he, you know what? They've been they have come on lately. That's the thing. I, you know, you got to like about the Rams. And and are you getting Lamar Jackson? You know what? Yeah. What is going on over there right now? Yeah. Well, that's, it, it, whether he's into it or not, I still like the Rams because I just think their offense is going to light up that secondary. Well, yeah, and I mean they've they they've proved that in the last four games. You know, they they've absolutely uh, done their job. And I mean, they haven't exactly been blowing teams out. Um, and you know, they are coming off three consecutive losses, followed by four straight wins, followed by four straight wins. You know, like so, it's been so up and down and up and down. And that roller coaster, you just don't know what part you're catching it at. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be close, Tim. I think it's gonna be a close game. But yeah, I don't. Uh, Again, when I when I look at a game like this, and it's minus three and a half right now, um, I think under 46 and a half. That's where I look to. Because the Rams aren't really going to establish a running game, you know, like, like the Cincinnati's do. Like the teams that have really eviscerated Baltimore because – they haven't been they haven't been able to stop the run well. They showed it against Green Bay, uh, Cincinnati, uh, Cleveland, obviously. So, boy, that's tough to say that they lose five straight. Uh, I really hate to bet against that because, I mean, I don't think they're that bad. But you don't know what quarterback situation you're getting, everything like that. So be safe. I'd take under 46.5. Chiefs-Bengals, I don't think this is a game where the Bengals fall asleep after winning a big one as they did against the Ravens. It's the Chiefs after all. They're getting five at home, so I'm taking the Bengals. Uh, I mean, the the Chiefs are the (laughs) – This is one where you can't fade the public. The public's just been all over, except for the Steeler game. It was actually kind of 50-50, 60-40. But everything since then, this team, I mean, they've gone on, let's see, what, one, two, three, four, five, yeah, six and oh against the spread um, in their last six games. And they've covered for the public almost every single time. Uh, Boy, I hate riding streaks in the NFL. They scare me. Because, you know what, you don't want to be that guy. At least this is me. Maybe it's the competitive edge of me, I don't know. But you don't want to be that guy that missed the train. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the last stop happened, and then all of a sudden, oh, my God, this is the worst game they played in, in nine tries. Um, but, no, I there, there's nothing that tells me don't you, – you can't not take uh, – uh, Kansas City right now. They are minus five. I do like them on the money line. I think you have to pay a little bit more for that. You're probably going to have to pay, what, minus two, minus 220. But sometimes it's worth it. And maybe you can parlay that with another play that you really like, you know, get your odds back up there. Um, let's see. Kansas City's minus 220 right now. I would take that. I, I don't like that spread. I, I hate five points, yeah, especially on the road. Steelers are uh, getting three at home for Monday Night Football against the Browns, the Ben Roethlisberger swan song game. Uh, We all know the Browns are going to run better against the Steelers than they did last time. Hopefully they're smart enough to stick with it this time if you're a Cleveland fan. But you know what? If you're giving me three and a half, Monday night at home, Steelers, the Roethlisberger factor, Browns are playing great. I know they're getting guys back. I'll take the points if you're giving it to me in that situation for the Steelers. Yeah, a lot of times... You know how, like, you have guys that will just strictly come out and say, well, the analytics say this and the analytics say that to bet this and bet that. I'm old school when it comes to that. And honestly, my wins might be the same or might be even better than than the analytics would say. And obviously those analytics and numbers definitely point to Cleveland. But sometimes you have to take an old school approach and just say, listen – Ben is not going to lose what is probably going to be his last game ever at Hinesfield. This is not going to happen. You got to play the storyline here. You got to take the Steelers plus three and a half. You're getting a field goal right now. You know, this is only the second time um, last. No, I'm sorry. Excuse me. 1999 was the last time the Browns were favorites while the Steelers played a home game. So that's a long time ago, and it's only happened, I mean, one time in 
since I've been alive, I'd say. So, I mean, that's going to 1988. I don't think I'd go uh, further back in the way back machine to see uh, what the odds and lines were. But it's it's been a while since Cleveland's been a favorite at uh, Heinz Field or even Three Rivers for that matter. But you got to play it. Yeah. You, you, can't, you can't go against Ben. You cannot fade Ben on his last game at uh at Hinesville. You just can't do it. All right, thirty seconds. Uh one other game besides those AFC North games. Give me one other game that you like best on the NFL board. Well, I'm gonna take Minnesota plus six and a half because this is it. This is it. I mean they they, they gotta win this game. They've got no choice. You're gonna give me six and a half right now, I'm gonna take it. This this team's gonna play desperate as all hell right now. And you know what? They lose, but they lose close. They're always in these games at the end of the day, you know. Uh, six, they lost 20-16 to 16 to Dallas. They lost 34-31 to Baltimore. 30-23 um, to the Rams uh, last week. They keep games close. I think they're going to keep this one close. They, they have to win. I, I don't go against desperate teams, that's for sure. So, Anthony Jaskulski, Pittsburgh Sports Express. We love having him on the Pittsburgh CityCast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Anthony, good luck in the bowl games. We'll do it again sometime soon, all right? Oh, man, I hope I can come back on here bragging about Cincinnati's huge <laughs> win over Bama. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Hey, last time it was the Cincinnati Bengals. This time maybe the Cincinnati Bearcats. Just stick in Cincy and you'll be happy. There you go, man. All right, this has been a, been a pleasure, Tim. Thanks. Happy New Year, and uh, we'll have Mike Pursuta tomorrow here on the Pittsburgh CityCast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.